Welcome to the Joy in Medicine podcast series. I'm Elizabeth Tracy. And I'm Charlie Cummings. And this month we're talking about how dogs can bring joy to everyone in the intensive care unit. Perhaps you've had the unfortunate experience of being familiar with these sounds, sounds typically heard in an intensive care unit. But here's another sound that's sometimes heard in the medical intensive care unit at Johns Hopkins. Yes, that's right, it's a dog. And here's a young patient talking about her recent experience in the medical intensive care unit at Johns Hopkins. My name is Bria Griffith. I'm from Brooklyn, New York, but I live in Bel Air, Maryland, and I'm a student right now. And you had an experience where you were at Johns Hopkins. Tell me some more about that. Oh, well, I have Crohn's disease, and eventually I became malnourished, so they prescribed me TPN through a PICC line in my arm, which is like an IV. Eventually, the PICC line got infected. The infection was spreading, and I ended up having sepsis, pneumonia, and blood clots, and then my lung collapsed, and then I had to go through surgery, and I wake up in the ICU with three chest tubes. I'm like, what's going on? I was in the ICU for about 42 days, just trying to recover from that. Each day, you know, they helped me learn how to walk again because I was in a coma, well, a drug-induced coma for about three weeks. At one time, they had called my parents and told them to come in because they weren't sure if I was gonna make it through the night. It was very painful. And it was a very long time I was in bed. Bria, how old are you? I'm 23 years old. And then eventually, this golden retriever came to my room. And as soon as I saw the golden retriever, I was like, oh my goodness. She came in and she jumped up on my bed and she was real gentle and she rested her head on my leg. And my mind just went somewhere else. Like, I wasn't even in the ICU anymore. I just felt like this dog is the center of my life right now. Dale Needham is a critical care medicine expert and a pioneer in transforming care for patients in the ICU. He's also one author of a recent paper taking a look at how dogs can be employed in the MICU. The role of animal-assisted therapy or animal-assisted interventions in the ICU is just one part of a larger part of our Johns Hopkins Critical Care Physical Medicine Rehabilitation Program, where we aim for patients to be awake, alert, moving, and trying to do some of their regular activities. If the patients are awake and alert, could an animal, for example a dog, help in their recovery, in lifting their spirits and having them do functional tasks that they may be more willing to do if there's an animal to help incentivize them for patients that really have that love of animals. And I don't think we should discount the benefit to hospital staff. Whenever one of the dogs comes to visit a patient, there are many smiles on the hospital staff as well. It's something that helps lighten the mood and it makes the ICU a more fun and enjoyable place as we help patients get better. Megan Hosey, a rehabilitation expert at Johns Hopkins and first author of the recent paper on AAI, Animal Assisted Intervention in the ICU, says dogs are amazing. 
sedating patients in the ICU and giving them lots of bed rest might lead to poorer outcomes. And what we're really doing is coming up with ideas about how to prevent that. Except for if you're ventilated and pretty sick, for a lot of people that's a scary and intimidating process to think about getting up and walking around in those conditions. What we do is bring in dogs to give a sense of purpose and maybe alleviate some of the anxiety to some of the early mobilization. And if I'm getting up while I'm mechanically ventilated, that's really scary. But if I can get up to pet the dog or give it a treat, that might sort of spark some excitement in patients and give them a little bit of an extra sense of purpose with their mobilization. Stephanie Cooper Greenberg is a longtime visitor, along with her canines, to Johns Hopkins. She also manages pet partners at Johns Hopkins, which trains and certifies dogs for visitation. As a team that's been going to the ICU for many, many years, I thought to myself the first chuckle was, you didn't really need a study to tell you that this works and how valuable it is and how important it is to the patient, how really important it is to the family and how amazingly important, which was discreet, and I uncovered the fact that the staff needed it more than maybe even the patients. There's a tremendous amount of moral distress and anxiety and wanting your patient to do better. And sometimes when a dog walks in, it's just, it's a game changer. All the physicians, all the nurses, everyone who's involved in someone's care just works so unbelievably hard. And then we come in with a dog. I'm just the dog walker. A dog comes in and gets all the credit. Charlie offers his take. Now, I'm a dog lover, that's true. And I impart to them great potential for making people feel good. And the reason is dogs are absolutely, totally impartial. They have no preconceived notions about illness, about people and how they're suffering through illness. They have none of them. They are just pure emotional. I am really happy to be with you. I think dogs are God's gift to mankind to take him through some really tough times or her through tough times. i got to make sure I'm politically correct. Dex Manthai is a senior clinical program coordinator in the Department of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation and works often with Megan and Dale in rehabilitating patients. And he also has the pleasure of working with the dogs. It became just something I looked forward to and something that was always kind of in the back of my mind during a work day. I was like, I hope we get to do animal-assisted therapy today with somebody. And talk to me about, you're in a specialty that is associated with a great deal of burnout. And with a lot of times where people say, like, wow, just get me out of that place. I don't want to be there. Does the dog thing help you with that? It does. And actually, probably one of the more unique things here is that AET just isn't for the patient. They will bring it in for staff to just kind of help decompress. Like today, the nurses were so bright to see the dog doing rounds. Doctors kind of stopped and took notice and brought a smile to them. So it seems to help just everybody. In reflecting on his fairly lengthy career in the ICU, Dale also is a fan. This is tremendously helpful for me when we can actually see that we're making meaningful differences in patients' lives. I think this is really important and reduces burnout and gives us joy and meaning to what we're doing. It's also, from my perspective, very interesting to be in an innovative environment where we're doing new things and we're pushing boundaries animals in the ICU, music in the ICU, what else can we bring into the ICU to normalize that experience? It's very interdisciplinary and that I think makes work so much more 
fun, not just being in my own silo. When I'm surrounded by an interdisciplinary team, I learn from them every day. I'm going to get insights into things that I otherwise would not even know about, which are critical, though, to imp improving the care that we provide. So I think that also increases my job satisfaction, my joy in medicine. Megan is clearly a convert. Witnessing this has been so powerful for you that you're considering doing it yourself. Is that right? Yes, that is right. My husband and I actually have plans this spring to adopt a dog who will hopefully have a good temperament for this kind of thing and we'll go through pet partners that trains you to be able to do that then I would be able to do it myself. Bringing dogs to the ICU has also helped one very long-time member of the Johns Hopkins faculty keep his joy. Hi I'm Fred Askin. And you have a role here at Johns Hopkins that's a physician role. Right, I'm the director of surgical pathology at the Bayview campus. But you also do something else that's pretty amazing. You bring your dog, and your dog is sitting right here with us, Pippi, an adorable West Highland Terrier, to come and visit with patients. Working with Pippi as a therapy dog has just made me feel like I'm making a very valuable contribution to patient care. Clearly, it is very valuable to patients. Here's Bria. Her name was Winnie, and Winnie was just so cute and so gentle, and she could see I'm in pain, and I had these chest tubes coming out of me, and she, she just was so careful. And then she came back about three times, and then I rapidly started doing better. I went from the ICU to a step down. It really changed my mood, like all that pain I was in. I, I said to the owner, I said, you know what, my pain is gone. For me, it was just like an amazing experience rather than sitting in a bed staring at these walls, all the charts and the machines going off. I just felt like that was a blessing. The dog helped a lot. I think all you have to do is look at the results. I mean, how can you not be in favor of that? This podcast series is brought to you in part through the generosity of the John Conley Foundation, which focuses on medicine and humanism.